Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the People You Meet podcast. I'm Richard White, and thanks for tuning in. For episode eight, we meet Chef Boy Chops, a restaurant owner in the Houston area who's blazing his own trail in the culinary industry. With that being said, I hope you enjoy. So my first question, who is Chef Boy Chops? Man, Chops is a, a, a plethora of different things. He is a gangster and a gentleman, as my homeboy uh, Styles P would say. But yeah, all around, great guy, but a solid guy, you know, in the streets and in the kitchen. When we recorded this interview, it was his birthday. While talking, we jogged down memory lane to a fiery experience he'll never forget. At the time, he was about five or six years old. I first started, the first time I cut a stove on, I actually burnt my dad's girlfriend house down. Like the whole front part. Like, and I'm just gonna say his girlfriend because at the time he was still married to my mama. <laughs> so, you know, uh, he took us over there. That her kids said they was hungry. I had cut the, uh, they wanted some grits. I put some grits in the pot. I was about, I mean, about five or six. Put some grits in the pot because I used to always see my grandma cook grits. Seen that box, put it in the, uh, the pot. Cut it on with no water. They was in the bedroom doing whatever. They came running out, whole kitchen on fire. Whole kitchen on fire. He took some time off and got back in the kitchen when he was eight. He began cooking a few things here and there for his family. And because of circumstances, he had to get creative. Oh, man, we just, uh, being at the house, I got two other siblings. or well, actually, two other brothers. You know, when I was younger, I had to grow up. My mom, she wasn't at home as much. She had to work. So I had to come up with some stuff in the kitchen to cook because we was hungry as hell. <laughs> and we didn't have much, but I just had, that's where the creative part came from, just being at the house by yourself. And your brother's hungry, you hungry, and just trying to figure something out because mama ain't there. Man, I remember we used to have spam, dude, and I used to pan fry it. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I was so young. But actually, toasting it on one side, toasting it on one side, that's called pan frying, uh, so, you know, sauteing or whatever. And uh, using, uh, cooking eggs. So we'll do scrambled eggs and uh, learning how to, you know, the importance of cooking the egg. Because I used to always cook everything on high because that's all I knew, just cut it on high. So I would take the pan off, put the pan on, take the pan off, put the pan on without just changing the knobs, which was weird because I just, I don't know why I just didn't cut it down. I just was like, okay, keep it on high because that's what it needs to be in. And I would just pull a pan off, put it on, and then pull a pan off, put it on, and then it'd just be done. So, I mean, that's that's kind of how I learned my little my pan frying skills. But that, I mean, you remember those sausages that used to come in a pack, that, that like a bar is sausage, and it was like you could boil it, you could bake it, and it still had the same red juice in it, bro. Like, like that sausage, I hated it, but that's all we had, that and ramen noodles. Once he mastered that, his skills and palate for taste increased. Uh, next level was when I got a little older, man. I used to cook all the time just to impress girls. And, like, I, that was just, like, my little niche. I mean, it wasn't – I didn't look at it as I was making money because I was like, I'm making more money on the street. So I didn't think it think about doing it as a job or a career. It was more or less something that I was just good at. And the homeboys were talking to us about it. Like, man, you be cooking, man. I'm – 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, and they like, man, you still cooking? Like, man, whatever, until it got to a point to where I got into my early 20s, and I was like, man, somebody pointed it out because I kept getting in trouble and was like, man, you should try to do this cooking thing full time. You need to go to the Art Institute because they got an uh, open house. But before the Art Institute, he dropped out his senior year of high school, and then life happened. For five years, he had a number of odd jobs, became a father, earned his GED, and got serious and realized he can make a living working at different restaurants. 
His first real shot came when a friend put him on. I ended up meeting one of my uh, a close friends, and he got me on doing uh, a fine dining restaurant. So uh, chef didn't know nothing about me. He saw, looked at me, was like, "Man, you look like you can cook, cause you big." He like, "And you black as hell." And he was like a Cuban slash. He was mixed with just a lot. So he used to call himself a mutt. I was like, "Okay, he crazy." But he was from New York, and uh, this company, uh, Timpano's, basically, that's my first fine dining job. So he was just gave me opportunity. He was like, "Man, I'm gonna throw you on the line." So he just threw me to the wolves. So he, I never had salmon, never had lobster, none of that like fancy shit. It was just like regular catfish stuff like that. But like my pan frying skills from cooking Sam, spam, and you know, little odd fish and you know frying skills was up to par. So he threw me on that saute line. I was like, okay, cool, I could, I can handle this. You know what I'm saying? First time we had about a hundred people, then 200, 300, 400. I'm like, damn, this is serious. I really be doing this. So you gotta love it. You know what I'm saying to do it. And uh, I, he, he seen I had a knack for flavor, and he was like, "Man, I've been a lot of places, but your, your, the way you flavor things and season things, he's like, man, it's 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 great, it's great." And he's like, "For you not to be able to travel nowhere yet, he was like, man, as soon as you start traveling, you're gonna be serious." So he really, uh, Chef Marcus, man, shout out to him. He's in Colorado, doing big things, has his own restaurant, but uh, he gave me my first shot uh, in the kitchen. And like from there, I just was like, man, you know, whatever I do, I'm just gonna take it seriously, 100%. So uh, that was during the whole stint of the Art Institute. And within that, working on my skills and uh, my knife cuts and all different stuff like that, learning the terminology of what I was already doing, that was uh, the good part of the uh, schooling. But seeing that I can cook better than half of my teachers, I was kind of upset about that. By now he has six months left of school, but his grandmother became ill. The restaurant he was working for was shut down because of hurricane damage. Even still, with all the hurdles against him, he kept moving forward. So I ended up going to the hospital field, changing up some things as far as uh, food for uh, Memorial Herman. So um, we upgraded their menu, did a whole bunch of other things, uh, doing menu design and stuff like that. Then freelancing as far as catering and all that came about. And uh, just was like, man, I'm just going to build my own empire. I can't work for nobody. So I ended up leaving the hospital area uh, and just start doing my own thing. It was, you know, I was good at it. Did a lot of dope events out here. So he started small, and the French Fry House located in Houston's historic Third Ward was born. That comes with the part of me doing menu design. I used to sit around and just come up with different ideas. Like, just to say if I was, I had $2,000, I want to open up a business. How would I do that? Because I was looking at everybody that I knew that I did go to school with who was more fortunate than I was, who parents were paying for their school, uh, open up these big, huge restaurants. And I was like, why would they open up a huge restaurant, spend all that capital when nobody knows them and nobody ever really tried their food? And this is their first time going to culinary school. Like, a lot of those people never cooked before. They just go to school because they look at it on Food Network and think it's cool until they actually get into that environment and you really got shit, people talking shit. You got chefs yelling at you. You got people not, you know, food not coming in. Yeah, you got to deal with all the variables of the whole restaurant business. And, you know, I've seen a lot of friends who put a lot of capital up that lost their business within six months. So looking at that and was like, man, I would never do that. You know, starting off, I would start small. And uh, I, I thought, you know, I look at it as food truck concepts. Quick, easy, uh, fast, uh, efficient, low costing. Like, let's come up with a whole bunch of these. So I just sat down and just, I have this book where I have about 50 different concepts. 
So it's just like a just like an idea book, you know what I'm saying? Just sketching everything down, even the floor plans and everything, you know what I'm saying? To the T. So this was the first one I actually picked out. It was actually I was gonna actually make this into a different concept. I don't wanna give up what concept that is because it's actually gonna come out sooner or later. I'm gonna come out with all these concepts. Cause I wanna I wanna start a world monopoly of uh, food places. So but this is the first of many, let me let you let me let you know that. But that's how I started, just uh, brainstorming in, in this book that I got. There's always a number of factors to get things going, but the biggest piece in helping the French Fry House off the ground was him stepping out on faith. Uh, the, the thing was, I was working with so many different black businesses as far as they would hear about me in the street, as far as uh, cooking and different events I've done and seeing how popular they were. And then they would reach out and want me to save their business as far as like either they wasn't getting as much business as they needed um, food wasn't right as they wanted and they wanted to see if I can come in and almost do like a food rescue situation which I love you know I'm, I'm a competitive guy and I feel like I'm always looking for a challenge so uh, they uh, I reached a lot of people reached out so I've been I've helped a lot of these black restaurants try to get on top and then nobody would listen like everybody would go back to their bad ways after they see some residual money coming through and to see that it was working they would go back to their bad ways and wouldn't listen so I was constantly, constantly, constantly put feeding my dream into somebody else that already had something but wasn't willing to let go of their dream, but not to accept mine, if y'all can understand that. So I didn't put like this. God gives every single body a dream. It's up to you if you want to go ahead and do that dream or that vision or that feeling. Or, I mean, sooner or later it's going to pass and somebody else is going to catch it. So I, I looked at it like that because I overheard that conversation with somebody else. I don't know if I was where I was at but I've heard overheard of somebody saying a conversation similar to that and then I, I just didn't ever put two and two together until it finally hit me and was like you know what I'm going to all these businesses telling them what they should do and they're paying me to try to fix it and then they don't listen I could just take my own money keep that idea and then just do it myself and then I won't have none of the headache of trying to you know actually feed force feed my idea down somebody's throat when they don't want to accept it you know, a lot of times you got to, in order to make people understand you, you got to go out on a limb or leap on faith to be like, you know what, that was smart. Because it's so, like right now we're sitting here and this, this, this dream is working. It's a lot of people at first that told me they would never work. That would never work. That's not going to happen. You crazy, you too good of a chef to just do fries. What are you doing? Like, no, it's not about that. You know what I'm saying? I had an idea and I had a vision. I don't care how I make a million dollars, as long as I can make it and and feed my family and won't have to worry about anything. I don't have to be this crazy five-star restaurant owner right now. I can start small and then build my way up to that. You know what I'm saying? So I know it's going to eventually come in the future, but this is what I got to do and establish the foundation to get to that point. So if I have to sell french fries, I'm going to make the best french fries in the world. Chef has a dream. He's determined to grind it out and make it work by any means necessary, even if it came with some doubters. And my mama told me don't do this. She said, go back to corporate America. She was like, you crazy. It's, you, you just going to sell fries, Anthony? That's exactly what she said. And now she's like, man, I'm getting tired of people walking up to me telling me about this place. Man, like you really, you like I can't believe this. But I had to break the barrier of, you know, people, you know, our, unfortunately our people are taught not to feel like they can do the extra extraordinary and extraordinary thing. You know what I'm saying? 
So that was the thing that I had to break, you know, because a lot of people don't even believe that this is black owned. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, oh, no, it's no way a black man came up with this. There's no way. I've literally had people say, no, you don't. You own this? No, no. Where's the owner? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm the owner. And it was like, and you can just see it on their face. But that's the change that we need, you know, in, in, in the world because we have a lot of, we, to me, we're the most talented, I'm just going to say species, period, as a whole. Because I feel like we are the first people, you know. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, we are. Sometimes we get get things misconstrued, and we're afraid because uh, everybody in your family might not be rich. You might be the one to have to break that cycle. And unfortunately, I'm the person that has to break that cycle of of uh, negative thinking that we can't do this, and we have to depend on a uh, corporate America job or a regular job to survive when you really don't you can actually take all the knowledge that you have from other jobs that you accumulated and then restructure it repackage it and start your own business there's no way that you should be working for somewhere 30 40 years and complain about it for 25 years and then wait on the uh social security when you could go ahead and get all that knowledge save all that income tax money you get and then be their competitor because you know the business better than anybody else. Your bosses know the business like that. You're there for 30 years. You established 30 years of hard work in there. Change your mind. Like, that's 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 something that I just don't understand. Like, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's where that comes from. The French Fry House opened in September 2017, two weeks after Hurricane Harvey. And according to Chef, they've exceeded expectations so far. There have been some hiccups, but it's all been a learning process. But whether it's the street or kitchen, one lesson has stood out the most. The thing I was always taught, even with on the street, like anything, like always invest into yourself. So with all that money that you accumulate doing whatever you're doing, always put it back into yourself, into your business to make your business grow. Don't spend it all. Always put it back and make a stronger monster so you can you get stronger revenue. So all I did, that was the, uh, the niche because I do have a business partner. And, you know, sometimes people don't understand that, like, you have to take all those funds and, you know, put it right back into the base of, of what you're doing because that's going to only make you better. Through all the permits, headaches, and hurdles, I asked Chef what's been his most rewarding experience since opening the shop. Uh, seeing that the dream work, seeing that it actually are it's actually people that pull up and be super excited to come to something that I just, like, randomly, like, off the whim, like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea. It's dope, but... You know, let's see if it works. You know, and still, and and trust me, I was I was fearful of it going in too. Like, man, damn, people, French fries. Like, I'm too good for French fries, and and trying to, you know, man, I should be doing something bigger and better than that. And not knowing that, you know, this is a very very big thing, you know. And I I think that that was the the epiphany that I had. Like, dude, like you got people like really here at hour early two hours early like are y'all open like people come five times a day like we had a guy that came five times a day just just seeing that this thing is working and i don't have to really go out there and and do what i used to do and i, I got a way out of the, of, the, of the just game period and i'm playing the game differently now from a different aspect it's it's a it's amazing and now i'm changing everybody around me mentality so like I'm sparking something, and I think that's that. That was the ultimate part to be like, man, dude, you know where I came from. You know what I was doing six months ago, man. You could you could be doing something else, and like really getting some money to where it's like, 
you know, you good, your family good, like, like you ain't even got to worry about nothing, you know, legal money, you know what I'm saying? So, seeing that I can actually make something work and, and it, you know, leave a legacy is what I'm trying to do. That, that's that's the part that, that has me like, yeah, yeah, I got to keep doing this. I got to get another one. I got to get another one. I got to do this. I got to do that. So, it just opened up the floodgates now. Ladies and gentlemen, Chef Boy Chops. If you're interested in knowing more about Chef and the French Fry House, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. I'll post the links in the show notes. And a special thank you to Danielle and Peaches. Our music is by Mark Henry Beats, and our image is by Evan White. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TPYMPod and on Instagram at the People You Meet Pod. If you like this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review and spread the word about us. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I'm your host, Richard White, and thank you for listening.